Jazz 88.5 presents A Christmas Carol, adapted for radio from the novella by Charles Dickens and performed by the Janus Radio Theater Players of the Camino Real Playhouse in San Juan Capistrano, California. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge and he were partners for I don't know how many years. Scrooge was his sole executor, his sole administrator, his sole assign, his sole residuary legatee, his sole friend, and his sole mourner. And even Scrooge was not so dreadfully cut up by the event. Scrooge never painted out old Marley's name. There it stood years afterwards above the counting-house door. Scrooge and Marley. Sometimes people called Scrooge Scrooge and sometimes Marley, but he answered to both names. It was all the same to him. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand, Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint, secret and self-contained, solitary as an oyster. The cold within him froze his old features, nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheek, stiffened his gait, made his eyes red, his thin lips blue, and spoke out shrewdly in his grating voice. This cold, wintry day, which happened to be Christmas Eve, Scrooge sat busy in his counting-house. It was bleak, biting weather. The people in the court outside went wheezing up and down, beating their hands upon their breasts to warm them. The city clocks had only just gone three, but it was dark already. It had not been light all day, and candles were flaring in the windows of the neighboring offices like ruddy smears upon the palpable brown air. The door of Scrooge's office was open that he might keep his eye upon his clerk, who sat in a little dismal cell beyond, copying letters. May I ask what you are doing, Mr. Cratchit? Mr. Scrooge, I... Well, sir, it's just... It's very cold, sir, and I... I am disappointed by your extravagance, Mr. Cratchit. I have no need for such trivial luxuries to go about my business. That coal cost Scrooge and Marley fully seven in six for each bottle. I am not inclined to waste it unnecessarily. Of course, sir. If you are so given to indulgence, you might do so better at another place of employment. No, sir. I'm sorry, sir. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. <clears throat> humbug. Christmas a humbug, Uncle. You don't mean that. I do. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. What right have you to be dismal? What reason have you to be morose? <laughs> You're rich enough. <laughs> bah. Humbug. Don't be cross, Uncle. What else can I be when I live in such a world of fools? Merry Christmas. Out upon Merry Christmas. What's Christmas to you but a time for paying bills without money? For finding yourself a year older but not an hour richer? If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Uncle! Nephew! Keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. Keep it? But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. Much good it may do you. Much good has it ever done you. There are many things from which I might have derived good by which I have not profited. But I have always thought of Christmas as a good time. 
a kind, forgiving, pleasant time. The only time in the long calendar of the year when men and women open their hearts freely and think of each other as fellow passengers to the grave and not another race bound on other journeys. And therefore, uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold in my pocket, I believe that it has and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. Another sound from you and you'll keep Christmas by losing your situation. Sorry, sir. You're quite a powerful speaker, sir. I wonder you don't go into Parliament. Don't be angry, Uncle. Come, dine with us tomorrow. <laughs> I certainly shall not. But why? Why? Why did you get married? Because I fell in love. Because you fell in love. Good afternoon. Nay, Uncle, you never came to see me before that happened. Why give it as a reason for not coming now? Good afternoon. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I am sorry to find you so resolute. We have never had any quarrel to which I have been party. But I made this trial in homage to Christmas, and I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last. So, a Merry Christmas, Uncle. Good afternoon. A Merry Christmas to you as well, Bob Cratchit. Thank you, sir. I hope it shall be. Good afternoon! And a Happy New Year! Oh, humbug! There's another fellow, my clerk, with 15 shillings a week and a wife and a family talking about a Merry Christmas. I'll retire to Bedlam. Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. Um, over there, sir. Oh, uh, ah, uh, excellent. <clears throat> uh, have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead these seven years. He died seven years ago this very night. Uh, we have no doubt his liberality is well represented by his surviving partner. <laughs> At this festive season of the year, Mr. Uh, uh, Scrooge, it is more than usually desirable that we make some provision for the poor and destitute who suffer greatly at this time. Many thousands are in want of common necessities. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts. Are there no prisons? But, 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 but plenty of prisons! And the union workhouses, are they still in operation? I wish I could say they were not. I'm very glad to hear it. I was afraid from what you said that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course. But, 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 but believing that they scarcely furnish Christian cheer of mind or body, a few of us are endearing to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. We choose this time because it's a time when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. <clears throat> what shall I put you down for? Nothing. Ah, you, you wish to be anonymous. I wish to be left alone. I don't make myself merry at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. I help to support the establishments I have mentioned. They cost enough, and those who are badly off must go there. Oh, oh, uh, many can't go there, and many would rather die. If they would rather die, they had better do it and decrease the service population. Besides... I don't know that to be true. Well, you might know, uh, were you but to come see. It's not my business. It's enough for a man to understand his own business, and not to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, sir! Uh, gentlemen, if you please. 
Um, perhaps another time, gentlemen. Please allow me to give you a tuppence towards your cause. Would it? I could do more, sir. Uh, sir, you need give us nothing. We readily see your situation. You are more the object of our cause than its benefactor. Nevertheless, sir, please take it. Consider it given under Mr. Scrooge's name, if you prefer. No. We will list you proudly as a donor and benefactor. A Merry Christmas to you and your family, good sir. Humbug. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. If quite convenient, sir. It is not convenient, and it is not fair. If I was to stop half a crown for it, you'd think yourself ill-used. But you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. Sir... It's only once a year. A poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose you must have the whole day. <clears throat> well, be here all the earlier next morning. Uh, I will, sir. Thank you, sir. And, and a Merry Christmas to you, sir. Humbug. Scrooge took his usual melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern and having beguiled the evening with his banker's book, went home to bed. He lived in chambers which had once belonged to Mr. Marley, a gloomy suite in a lowering pile of buildings up a dank passage, where it had so little business to be that one might fancy it must have run there when it was a young house playing hide-and-seek with other houses, and forgotten the way back. Now there was nothing particular about the knocker on Scrooge's door except that it was very large. Scrooge had seen it night and morning during his whole residence in that place. But that evening, Scrooge saw in the knocker, not a knocker, but Marley's face. Marley's face. It had a dismal light about it, like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. It was not angry or ferocious, and though the eyes were wide open, they were perfectly motionless. That and its livid color made it horrible. Then it was a knocker again. To say he was not startled would be untrue, but he put his hand upon the key, turned it sturdily, and walked in. He did pause before he shut the door, as if he half expected to see Marley's pigtails sticking out into the hall. But there was nothing on the back of the door except the screws that held the knocker on. Before he shut his bedroom door, he walked through his rooms to see that all was right. He had just enough recollection of the face to do that. Sitting room, bedroom, all as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, a small fire in the grate, spoon and basin ready. Nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet, nobody in his dressing gown. Quite satisfied, he closed the door and locked himself in. Double locked, which was not his custom. It was a very low fire in the grate, nothing on such a bitter night. He had to sit close to it to extract the least warmth from such a handful of fuel. A disused bell that hung in the room began to ring. What? What, what is happening? Who is there? I demand... 
Who is there? I... This is my home. Who... Marley's ghost. The same face, his pigtail, waistcoat and boots, the hair upon his head. The chain he drew wound about him like a tail made of cash boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, deeds and heavy purses wrought in steel. His body was transparent. Scrooge, looking through his waistcoat, could see the two buttons on his coat behind. How now? What do you want with me? Much. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Who were you, then? Your particular, for a shade? In life I was your partner, Jacob Marley. You don't believe in me? I, I, I don't. Why do you doubt your senses? Because any little thing affects them. A, a slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheat. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. <laughs> There's more of gravy than grave about you, whatever you are. Scrooge! Do you believe in me or not? I do! I do! I must! But why do spirits walk the earth? And why do they come to me? It is required of every man that the spirit within him walk abroad among his fellow men. And if it goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. To wander through the world and witness what it cannot share, but might have, and turn to happiness. You are fettered. Pray, tell me why. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link. I girded it on my own free will. And at my own free will, I wore it. Is it a pattern strange to you? Or would you know the weight and length of the coil you bear yourself? It was full as heavy as this seven Christmas Eves ago. You have labored on it since. It is a ponderous chain. I pray, speak comfort to me, Jacob. I have none to give. In life, my spirit never roamed beyond the limits of our money-changing hole. How weary journeys lie before me. But, but, but you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Business? Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence were all my business. At this time of the rolling year, I suffered most. Why did I walk through the crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down? Hear me! Oh, I will! I will! But please don't be hard upon me, Jacob. Pray. I'm here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. The chance and hope of my procuring, Ebenezer. You were always a good friend of me. Thank you. You will be haunted this night by three spirits. Is that the chance and hope you mentioned, Jacob? It is. I see. Uh, uh, Jacob, I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you cannot hope to avoid the path I tread. 
Expect the first with the bell tolls one. Couldn't I just take them all at once and have it over, Jacob? Expect the second with the bell tolls two. The third upon the next hour when the last stroke has ceased. Look to see me no more, and for your own sake, remember what has passed between us. Locked. Locked all the time. I... I... Humbug. Nonsense and foolishness. To bed. Yes, to bed. strikes one, the very hour Jacob told me the first spirit would come upon me. And, and nothing. Hm. Yes, humbug. What? Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Very well, then. Who and what are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. You, you give off a strange light, as if from within. I do. Well, it is. Uh, very bright to my eyes. What? Would you so soon put out with worldly hands the light I give? Have you not done so for too long already? Tonight is to face the light, not hide from it. My regret, spirit. May I ask what your business is here with me? Your welfare. But, Spirit, might not my welfare be better served with a good night's sleep? Your reclamation, then. Rise and walk with me. The window? Spirit, I am mortal and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand and you shall be upheld in more than this. It, it, it is very bright, as if midday. Why... It is midday, and good heavens, I was bred in this place. I was a boy here. Your lip is trembling. Do you recollect the way? Remember it? I can walk it blindfold. Strange to have forgotten it for so many years. Lead on, then. There, there in the dell, there is a village. Hello, Barty, Ephraim, hello. Merry Christmas. Why do they not answer me? I knew them all. We were... We were boys together here. These are but shadows of the things that have been. They have no consciousness of us. This gladdens you, then? I... Well, it is pleasant to see this village again. As for the Christmas greetings... Well, what? What Christmas to me? Yes. What is it to you, indeed? See, there is the village school. I do not wish to go there. And look, it is empty. It is not quite deserted. A solitary child, neglected by his friends and parents, is left there still. Yes. One child. Always left at school for holiday. No time lost from studies, father demanded. No time wasted. Well... Who can study when there is no master to teach? Poor boy. I wish... Oh, but it's too late now, isn't it? What is the matter? Nothing. 
nothing. There was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something, that's all. Let us see another Christmas. <gasps> I've grown! Yes, some years have passed. Your rooms at the village school are shabbier, I see. Yes. No allowance for repairs. Let the plaster crack. Let the last be exposed, no matter. Dear, dear brother, I have come to bring you home, dear brother. To bring you home. Home, home. Home, little fan. Yes, home for good and all. Father's so much kinder than he used to be. That home's like heaven. He spoke so gently to me one night at that time that I was not afraid to ask him once more if he might come home. And he said yes, and he sent me in a coach to bring you. And not to be a man and never come back here. But first we're to be together all Christmas long and have the merriest time in the world. You are quite a woman, little fan. And, and after that, Father has arranged a position for you in the city. So that you might be a man on your own feet. On my own feet? Am I to be cut off then? Please, oh please, dear brother, you are to be home for the holiday. Can we not embrace that? Yes, fan. Let's embrace that. Where did she go? Go? Go. Were they ever here? These are but shadows and memory. They live in their own place. Always a delicate creature, whom a breath might have withered. But she had a large heart. So she had. She died a woman, and had, as I think, children. One child. True. Your nephew. Yes, Fred. Here's another place, and another Christmas. Do you know it? Know it? I was apprenticed here. Why, it's old Fezziwig, bless his heart. It's Fezziwig alive again. Your hold there, Ebenezer, Dick. Yes, yes Mr. Mr. Fezziwig, sir. Dick Wilkins, to be sure. Oh, bless me, yes, there he is. Oh, he was so very much attached to me. Poor Dick. Dear, dear. Yo-ho, my boys! No more work tonight. Christmas Eve, Dick. Christmas, Ebenezer. <laughs> Let's have the shutters up before a man can say Jack Robinson. Uh, Hey-ho! Hey I, I, I clear away my dad's and, and let's have lots of room here. Hey-ho, Dick! Tear up! Oh, spirit, how my soul flies upwards at this sight. A small matter to make these silly folks so full of gratitude. Small? Is it not? He spent but a few pounds of your mortal money. Is that so much that he deserves such loyalty from you? It isn't that, spirit. He had the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost a fortune. Oh. What is the matter? Nothing in particular. Something, I think. No. No. I should like to have been able to say a word or two to my clerk just now. That's all. My time grows short. Quick. Belle! It matters little to you. Another idol has displaced me. And if it can cheer and comfort you, I suppose I have no just cause to grieve. 
Nonsense. What idol has displaced you? A golden one. This is the even-handed dealing of the world. There is nothing on which it is so hard as poverty, and there is nothing it professes to condemn with such severity as the pursuit of wealth. You fear the world too much. I have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by one until the master passion, gain, engrosses you. What then? Even if I have grown so much wiser, what then? I am not changed toward you. Am I? Our contract is an old one. It was made when we were both poor and content to be so, until we could improve our worldly fortune. You are changed. When it was made, you were another man. I was a boy. Your own feelings tell you you are not what you are. I am. How often and how keenly I have thought of this, I will not say. It is enough that I have thought of it, and so can release you. Have I ever sought release? In words, no, never. In what then? In a changed nature, in an altered spirit, in everything that made my love of any worth or value in your sight. If this had never been between us, tell me, would you seek me out and try to win me now? <clears throat> you think not. I would gladly think otherwise if I could. Can I ever believe you would choose a dowerless girl? You, who weigh everything by gain. I cannot believe that. And so, I release you, with a full heart, for the love of who you once were. <coughs> you may, and the memory of our past half makes me hope you will have pain in this. For a very brief time. And then you will dismiss the recollection gladly as an unprofitable dream from which it is well you awoke. May you be happy in the life you have chosen. Bell. Bah. Humbug. Spirit shall be no more. Conduct me home. Why do you delight in torturing me? One shadow more. No more, no more. I don't wish to see it. Show me no more. Come. I have no memory of this place, Spirit. What is it? Who are these boisterous children? Who is the woman in the rocking chair? Hush, children. Here comes your father. Merry Christmas to you. My dears, Belle, Merry Christmas to you. In good time, my dears. In good time. Off with you now. Please, Spirit. I saw an old friend of yours this afternoon. Who was it? Guess. <laughs> How can I? I don't know. No, Spirit, no. Was it Mr. Scrooge? <laughs> Mr. Scrooge it was. Uh, I passed his office window. His partner lies upon the point of death, I hear, and there he sat alone. Quite alone in the world, I do believe. Spirit, remove me from this place. After all that has passed, and I'm yet sorry to hear that. I told you these were shadows of the things that have been. They are what they are. 
Do not blame me. <laughs> I know, dearest. I, I do not tell you this to gloat or to rejoice in his state. I only report. Mm. I know, darling. Yet I shall always feel the deepest pity for him. <laughs> Remove me! I cannot bear it! Take me back! Take me back! Hold me no longer! Dim your horrible light upon my sleep. <laughs> who, who is there in my sitting room? I can see light under the door. Take what you like, but leave me be. <laughs> oh, I shall be the worst for this. <laughs> Come in! Come in and know me better, man! <laughs> Sir, you have used all my coals and firewood. And more to make this place. That's I have. I have. Your heart was in need of a proper fire, Mr. Scrooge, after so long an absence, so I granted its deep desire. And the great pile of goods upon which you sit joints of meat, suckling pigs, turkeys, geese, all hung with green garlands like the walls. And like your robe. <laughs> your larder pleaded as well. <laughs> and, sir, or should I say spirit, may I inquire who you are? <laughs> I am the ghost of Christmas presents. Look upon me. Look upon my bounty. You've never seen the like of me before. Never. Have you never walked forth with my brothers of previous years? I don't think I have. I am afraid I have not. Have you many brothers, Spirit? <laughs> More than eighteen hundred! A tremendous family to provide for. Spirit, conduct me where you will. If you have more to teach me, let me profit by it. <laughs> Touch my robe. Good! Good! The man should be reported to his exchange to speak so ill of the poor and refuse to support even the most paltry measures to alleviate their plight. And what of that? The exchange cares little or nothing. I dare say some share his views. Uh, uh, this won't do. Nay, but I... I... Uh, but let's not argue, dear friend, on this of all days. <laughs> Indeed not. Not today. Come dine with me. Gladly, my friend. <laughs> what did you do? Mummy, but it's not a big turkey. It's what we have, my darling. Father worked extra for two months for this. You be good enough to enjoy it. Oh, Mummy, isn't it the grandest turkey ever? It is that, sweet girl. Off with us now. Spirit! 
You sprinkle from your torch upon these men, and they cease quarrelling. You sprinkle upon the charwoman's bird, and it grows sumptuous as any found in the best clubs. What is the manner of this? The manner of the season, of course. Would you apply it to any kind of dinner on this day? To any kindly given. To a poor one most. Why to a poor one most? Because it needs it most. What is this place, spirit? I have never seen it to my knowledge. No surprise, you know it not. Whatever's got your precious father, then? And your brother, Tiny Tim? And... Martha what is late last Christmas day by half an hour. Here's Martha, mother. Here's, Here's Martha, Martha, mother. Mother. Hurrah. This such a goose, Martha, isn't it grand? Why, bless your life, my dear. How late you are. We'd a deal of work to finish up last night and to clear away this morning, mother. Well, never mind so long as you're here. Sit down before the fire, my dear, and have a warm... Good King Winter's last looked out on the feast of Stephen when the snow went round about, deep in Christmas Eve. And... Oh, Helen, Merry Christmas! This hovel is the Cratchit home. Hush, 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 and observe. Merry Christmas, all. Oh, there's me, ducky. <laughs> the children, Bob. Our pox on them. <laughs> Come to me, my babies. Merry Christmas. There, now, that's paying the rental proper. Peter, take Tim to his seat in the corner. I like it up here on his shoulders, Dad. Aye, <laughs> but you're growing to be such a strong lad, I can't carry you around all the time. No, Dad, it's my braces. They're iron on both legs. I'm light as a feather. Oh, posh, Tim. Them braces don't weigh but a little. I carry about as much as your father. You're growing so fast and strong. Soon you'll leave them things behind and run like the north wind. Come on, Timmy. Here's a boost. <laughs> Peter, don't be tickling me. I'll drop my crutch. Well, take care of laddie. I got it too. What? Where's our Martha? Not coming. Not coming? Not coming on Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Father, don't be a goose. <laughs> oh, my dear Martha. Merry Christmas, my pet. Merry Christmas, Father. Merry Christmas, Martha. Merry Christmas, Tim. Tell me all about how you're getting on. And how did little Tim behave? As good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me, coming home, that he hoped people saw him in the church because he was a cripple and it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Oh, Bob. Martha said it's all ready, Mummy. Well, we best set table then, hadn't we? Up you go now, Tim. Well, a Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. God bless us. God bless us, everyone. I knew not of this boy. Aye. It was not your business, eh? Spirit, well... Tell me, will Tiny Tim live? I see a vacant seat in the chimney corner, and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. No, 
No, no, no, kind spirit, say he will be spared. What then? What then? If he be like to die, he had better do it to decrease the surplus population. I, then forbear such wishes until you have discovered what the surplus is and where it is. For it surrounds you, all of humanity. It may be that in the sight of heaven you are more worthless and less fit to live than millions like this poor child. Mr. Scrooge. <gasps> but, Spirit, I, I thought that... I'll couldn't... give you, Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. Founder of the feast, indeed. Oh, I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon and hope he had a good appetite for it. My dear, the children, Christmas Day. Christmas Day, I'm sure. When we drink the health of such an odious, stingy, hot, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. Oh, you know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do. My dear, Christmas Day. Mm. I'll drink his health for your sake and the day's, not for his. Long life to a merry Christmas and happy new year. He'll be about as merry as a graveyard on a wet Sunday, I have no doubt. Mother, please. Enough. 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 But Spirit, can I do nothing? And through the night, across the wide globe, the spirit showed Scrooge many hopeless places, and in all his spirit was known. In the darkest coal mine, the smirched colliers sang carols to each other. In the most distant lighthouse, the keepers drank each other's health and were brothers. At the helm of a clipper on a heaving sea, a tar whistled merrily to his mates tending the yards. At length, they came to a parlour, Brightly lit and festive. <laughs> he said Christmas was a humbug, as I live. He believed it, too. <laughs> More shame for him, Fred. Oh, he's a comical old fellow, that's the truth. And not so pleasant as he might be. But his offences carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him. And I'm sure he is very rich, Fred. At least you always tell me so. What of that, my dear? He don't do any good with it. He don't make himself comfortable with it. He hasn't even the satisfaction of thinking he's ever going to benefit us with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no patience with him. Oh, I have. I am sorry for him. I couldn't be angry with him if I tried. Who suffers by his ill whims? Himself, always. Here he takes it into his head to dislike us, and he won't come to dine with us. What's the consequence? He don't lose much of a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, indeed, I think he loses a very good dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am very glad to hear it. What do you say, Topper? Oh, please, I'm a confirmed old bachelor and thus a wretched outcast. I have no right to express an opinion on any woman's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> do go on, Fred. He never finishes what he begins to say. He's such a ridiculous fellow. <laughs> <laughs> I was only saying that the consequence of his taking a dislike to us and not making merry with us is, as I think, that he loses some pleasant memories, which could do him no harm. I mean to give him the same chance every year, whether he likes it or not. He may rail at Christmas till he dies, but he can't help thinking better of it. I defy him. If he finds me going there in good temper year after year and saying, Uncle Scrooge, how are you? If it only puts him in the vein to leave his poor clerk fifty pounds, that's something. And I think I shook him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the evening ran quite late, and Scrooge stayed for all of it. Now, here... Here is a song I'll sing ye. 
that my dear mother sang to me when I was but a pip. It, it's one of my only memories of her, in fact, and I sing it to myself or to my family every Christmas. Like her memory, it is very dear to me. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Oh, my dear, dear fan, thus she sang rejoice. for me so oft. Emmanuel shall come to thee. After a while, they played games, for it is good to be children sometimes, and never better than at Christmas, when its mighty founder was a child himself. Scrooge would have joined in had he been corporeal. This game is yes and no. I will think of something, and you must guess what it is, asking questions that can only be answered yes or no. All right, begin. Is it animal? Yes. Is it a live animal? Oh, very much so, yes. Is it a savage animal? <laughs> to be sure, yes. <laughs> then is it kept in a zoo? <laughs> no, 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 no. It is most definitely not kept in a zoo. Well, is it here in London? Oh, yes, most certainly here in London. Is it led by any person? <laughs> no, I dare say it is not led by anyone. Is it a bear? No. Is it a horse? <laughs> no. Or a pig? No. Or an ass? <laughs> <laughs> but it does walk the streets of the city, then. Oh, yes, right here in London. Yes, my dear? I know who it is. It's your Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> you might have said yes when asked if it was a bear. <laughs> You might have said yes when asked if it was an ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. He has given us plenty of merriment, I am sure. And it would be ungrateful not to drink to his health. Here, raise your glass and I say, Uncle Scrooge. Well, Uncle, Uncle Scrooge. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, whatever he is. He wouldn't take it from me, but he may have it, nevertheless. Come away. But, but... My time grows short. This is a bare, forbidding place, spirit. You grow grey and frail before my eyes. Are your race's lives so short? My life upon this globe is very brief. It ends tonight. Tonight? Aye, at midnight. Hark! Time is drawing near. Spirit, I see something strange protruding from your robe. Is it a foot or a claw? It might be a claw, for all the flesh there is upon it. Look here. Oh, man, look, look here! Spirit, what wretched perversion of humanity are these children? Prostrate, starving, rag-clad. Are they yours? They are man's. And they cling to me, appealing from their fathers. This boy is ignorance. This girl is want. Beware them both, but most of all, beware this boy. For on his brow I see that written which is doom. Unless the writing be erased. Have they no refuge or resource? 
Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Gone! All gone! The spirit! The children! Oh, the children! Oh, bless me! Uh, are you, I presume, the last of the spirits? A am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? You will show me shadows of things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any spectre I have seen but I am prepared to bear your company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? Your shrouded arm points forward. Go ahead, I'll follow. No, I only know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe. Why, what was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. God knows. Well, hmm. what has he done with his money? I haven't heard. Left it to his company, perhaps. He hasn't left it to me, that's all I know. <laughs> it's likely to be a very cheap funeral, for upon my life I don't know of any money to go to it. Suppose we make up a party and volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't mind going if a lunch is provided, but I must be fair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I'll offer to go if anybody else will. I'm uh, actually not at all sure that I wasn't a friend, for we used to stop and speak whenever we met. <laughs> Good day. I know these men. They do business in the exchange, where I do also daily. Of whom do they speak so casually, without any feeling? Oh, let the charwoman be first. In here, dearie, in here. Here you are, Joe. What do you have for these goods? Oh, Mrs. Stilber, indeed. What are the odds? What are the odds? Eh? Everyone has a right to take care of themselves. He always did. Oh, that's true indeed. No man more so. This woman keeps house for a number of bachelor gentlemen in the city, myself included. Yes, well, I thought I might fill you in a bit. Oh, very well then. Who's the worst for the loss of a few things like these? Not a dead man, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. <laughs> if he wanted to keep him after he was dead, the wicked old screw, why wasn't he natural in his lifetime? If he had been, he'd have had someone to look after him when he was struck with a death, instead of lying there gasping out his last all by himself. Oh, it's, it's a judgment on him. <laughs> I wish it was a little heavier judgment. Take a good gander, Joe, and let me know the value of it. Now, speak plain. It's no sin. Hmm. Uh, I always give too much to the ladies. <laughs> it's, it's a weakness of mine. Uh, here now. Uh, uh, what do you call this? Bed curtains? Aye, bed curtains. You, you don't mean to say you took them down, the rings and all, with, with him lying there? Well, why not? Oh, phew. You, you were born to make your fortune, Mrs Dilber. 
Well, I'll not withhold my hand when I can get anything in it by reaching out. <laughs> now, don't drop oil on that blanket now. Whose blankets? Well, well, who else is, do you think? He ain't likely to take cold without them. Well, he didn't die of anything ca- catching, eh? <laughs> I wasn't so fond of his company that I'd loiter around him if he did. Oh, you may look through that shirt till your eyes ache, Joe, but you won't find an hole in it. It's the best he had, and a fine one too. Well, they'd have wasted if it ever wasn't for me. What do you mean? Oh, putting it on him to be buried in indeed. Someone's fool enough to do it, but I took it off again. (laughs) Calicos are good enough for that purpose. It's quite as becoming to the body. Hey, he frightened everyone away from him when he was alive. Only to profit us now that he's dead. (laughs) Spirit, I see. The case of this unhappy man might be my own. If there's any person in town who feels emotion caused by this man's death, show that person to me, Spirit. I beseech you. Caroline, there is hope. What hope have we? We are ruined. No, I I tried to see him and obtain another week's delay, but what I thought was just an excuse to avoid me turned out to be the truth. He is dead, Caroline, well and truly. But to whom shall our debt be transferred, then? I, I don't know, but don't you see? By then we shall be ready with the money, and even if we are not... Can we ever be subject to so merciless a creditor? No, we can keep sleep tonight with our hearts lightened, my dearest. Spirit, please let me see some tenderness connected with death. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name... Receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Mother? Oh, the colour of the cloth, the winding sheet, it hurts my eyes to sew in the darkness. The colour of the cloth, the winding sheet, sewing in the darkness hurts my eyes. Read on, Peter, it is a great comfort. Well, the better now again, my eyes. It makes them weak to work by candlelight. And I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home for the world. It it must be nearest time. Pass it, rather. Would I think he's walked a little slower than he used these last few evenings? I have known him to walk with... I have known him to walk with Tiny Tim upon his shoulder very fast indeed. And so have I... Often. (laughs) And so have I. But he was so very light to carry. And his father loved him so that it was no trouble. No, no trouble. And and there is your father at the door. Here now, have some tea, my dearest. What's tea? Oh, yes, of course. Tea, thank you, dear. Look how much progress you've made. It shall be done long before Sunday. Sunday. You went today then, Robert? Yes, my dear. I wish you could have gone. It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him I would walk there on Sunday. 
My child. My little child. I, uh, I had the good fortune on my way home of meeting Mr. Fred. He was kind enough to ask after me. And, and when, I allowed, when I allowed that I was a little down, he said, I am heartily sorry for it, Mr. Cratchit, and for your good wife. He is the pleasantest gentleman you ever heard. But how he ever knew that, I can't tell. Knew what, my dear? <laughs> Why, that you were a good wife. Why, everybody knows that. I hope they do. Heartily so, he said. If I can be any service to you, he said, giving me his card. That's where I live. Pray come to me. Now, it wasn't for the sake of anything he might be able to do so much as this kind way. As if he had known our tiny Tim and, and, and felt with us. I'm sure he's a good soul. You would be sure of it, my dear, if you spoke to him. I shouldn't be at all surprised if he got Peter a better situation. Oh, only hear that, Peter. <laughs> and then Peter will be keeping company with someone and setting up for himself. Oh, get along with you! <laughs> it's as likely as not, one of these days. There's, there's plenty of time for that. But however, and whenever we part from one another, I'm sure we shall none of us forget poor Tiny Tim or this first parting that there were among us. Never for that. <laughs> then I am very happy. I am very, very happy. <laughs> this is a dismal place. A, a churchyard, untended, choked with weeds. Why are we here? Oh, spirit, point not at that gravestone. Before I draw near to that stone, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be? Or are they shadows of things that may be only? I beg you, answer me. <laughs> I must wipe away the ice from the stone. Ebony. Ebony is a scrooge. Oh, my grave. My grave. No. Spirit, hear me. I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I would have been. Why show me this if I have passed all hope? I beg you, say that I yet may change the shadows by the altered life. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all here. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons they teach. Oh, tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. Spirit! I, I am here! It is morning and I'm alive! Oh, blessed spirits! Oh, Jacob Marley! Heaven in the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, Jacob, on my knees. <laughs> <laughs>
know what to do. I am as light as a feather, as happy as an angel, as merry as a schoolboy, as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. I... Oh, wait. It is. No, it, it must be. But what if... Hey! Hello, boy! Yes, sir? Boy! What's today, my fine fellow? Today? Why, it's Christmas Day, of course. <laughs> it's Christmas Day. <laughs> I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. Of course they can. They can do anything they like. <laughs> of course they can. Ah. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello? Do you know the poserers in the next street but one at the corner? I sure hope I did. Oh, an intelligent boy, a remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? Oh, what a delightful boy. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. It's hanging there right now. It is? Go and buy it. Now you get on with you. No, 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 I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here, that I may direct them where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than ten minutes, and I'll give you half a crown. Gone! <laughs> I'll send it to Bob Cratchit. Yes, yes, yes. He won't even know who sent it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. <laughs> I, I, I must dress. I, oh, so much to do. Christmas Day. How wonderful! My good fellows, well met on this bright Christmas day. How do you do? A Merry Christmas to you, sirs. Mr. Scrooge? Yes, that is my name, and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and please accept this pledge as recompense for my previous behavior. Lord, bless me, my dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? And not a farthing less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favor? My dear sir, I don't know what to say to such a oh, sum. Don't say anything, please. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? Uh, we, we will. will, will. Uh, oh, the, the merriest of Christmases to you, you Miss, uh, Mrs. Scrooge. Oh, thank oh. you. I am so much obliged to you. Bless you. Yes, sir. May I help you? Is your master at home, my dear? Yes, sir. He's in the dining room, sir, along with the mistress. I'll show you upstairs, if you please. Thank you. He knows me. Fred? Why, bless my soul. Uncle Scrooge! Yeah, yes, uh, I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Let you in? This is the most delightful surprise, Uncle. Please, come sit. Can I bring you a nog? Have you met my wife? Mr. Scrooge, I'm happy at last to make your acquaintance. So much I have heard about you. I dare say little of it good. I have much to atone for with both of you. I pray that I may be spared long enough to accomplish at least a portion. But that shall be in the future. For now, I simply wish to say... As humbly and as heartily as I can. Merry Christmas, my dear. And Merry Christmas, Fred. 
uncle. But Scrooge's Christmas business was not yet done. He was early the next morning to the counting house, praying that he could arrive first and catch Bob Cratchit coming in late. <laughs> Fully a quarter past. <laughs> what do you mean by coming in here at this time of day? Uh, I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time. You are, yes. I think you are. Step this way, if you please. It's only once a year, sir. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now, I'll tell you what, my friend. I am not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore... Oh, please, sir, no! And therefore, I am about to raise your salary. Uh, sir? P pardon me, sir? A Merry Christmas, Bob. A merrier Christmas than I've given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and help your family. And we will discuss it all this afternoon over a hot Christmas mulled punch. <laughs> Smoking Bishop, I should think. <laughs> Go now. Make up the fire strong and hot and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another I, Bob Cratchit. Yes, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, a Merry Christmas to you as well, sir. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, for he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good at which some people did not laugh at the outset. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived upon their principle ever afterwards, and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, every one. You've been listening to a new radio adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, performed by the Janus Radio Theater Players of the Camino Real Playhouse in San Juan Capistrano, California. Rich Hutchinson wrote and directed this adaptation. Technical direction was provided by Roger Woodcock, Kerry Rhodes, and A.J. Edmonds. Daryl Hill played Ebenezer Scrooge. Jeremy Haley played Bob Cratchit. Colin Conway played Fred. Mark Schwartz and Gary McCarver played the solicitors. Tom Scott played Marley's ghost. Emma Hutchinson played the ghost of Christmas past. Kyle Stafford played Boy Scrooge. Lauren Tui played Fan. Mason Knittle played Young Adult Scrooge. Emma Hutchinson played Belle. Jeff Kaloff played the Ghost of Christmas Present. Carla Narragon played Mrs. Cratchit. Monica Rose Kinney played Martha Cratchit. Kyle Stafford played Peter Cratchit. Kale Castanon played Tiny Tim. Carrie Rhodes played Fred's wife. Gina Treasure played Mrs. Dilber. Rich Treasure played Joe. And Rich Hutchinson narrated. 
The Janus Radio Theater players are part of the Camino Real Playhouse in San Juan Capistrano. Visit CaminoRealPlayhouse.org for information on upcoming events. The producer for the Janus Radio Theater players is Daryl Hill. The president of Camino Real Playhouse is Tom Scott. On behalf of the Janus Radio Theater players, Camino Real Playhouse, and Jazz 88.5, Merry Christmas.